Hey friends, Jaina here. Before we get into this week's episode, we wanted to drop a quick note. This week's episode deals with dark energies and cursed objects. As such, if you're particularly sensitive to such things or just don't want to invite that kind of energy into your life, you may want to skip this one. We totally get it, as Tanner and I have had some interesting things happen to each of us in our personal lives since recording this episode. And should you choose to listen to this week's episode and feel any repercussions in your luck or energy, please let us know. Podcast at ramblingnerd.com or tiny.cc slash creepy discord. No, it's not for content. We'll keep you anonymous this time, but I will perform the same cleanse for you and your loved ones as I did for Tanner and I. That said, you've been warned. Enjoy this week's episode of the Paranormal Peep Show. And gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, step right up for just one nickel. You too can peer into the bizarre, the terrifying, the just plain weird. Take a look inside if you dare. It's the Paranormal Heap Show. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Paranormal peep show podcast my name is tanner and along with me as always is jana how are you hey. i am excellent tanner i'm really excited for today's topic yeah me too uh it should be a ton of fun now uh before we get started though i saw some mumblings in discord you can find that at tiny.cc slash creepy discord uh that you actually went and watched the movie grave encounters and i need to know what did you think of it Okay, so mm, I'm gonna say this first. Uh, first of all, it was it was enjoyable. Um, I'll say I liked it. I liked it. I would probably watch it again. Um, That's good, I, right? Yeah, I feel like you know you, you know you scored a touchdown really early in the first quarter, Tanner. <laughs> um, I I'm glad. So I really liked how we talked about last week, how it started off as like a spoof of these other paranormal uh, ghost encounter shows on TV. Um, mm -hmm. And I kept laughing. I, I knew it was coming, but the part with the gardener where he paid him off and he's like, oh yeah, I see ghosts all the time. <laughs> part was just fantastic. Um, and it does turn rather quickly into a, a scary movie. Um, which was interesting to see how it pivoted and it was interesting to watch like the characters kind of uh go through the the psychological aspects of it that's something i really like is like watching like a psychological thriller of things and even though there was paranormal in it it was more about these people wrestling with these psychologically really weird things right right so yeah, you... my other question is the tech guy okay yeah okay and he looked just like steve pontius from jackass how do you say it? Yeah, he did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then last question that I have. Um, how did... So it was a found footage film. We talked about that. Um, yes. And I don't know if maybe I missed it at the very beginning because there's a presenter at the beginning. It's like, oh, I, here's your found footage movie. I don't know why he talks like a pirate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he... How did they get the footage? That, you know, I... I don't really remember. <laughs> it really made me like, mad because they're like making this big deal about what a labyrinth this place is. And then it's like, oh, by the way, we got this footage out of there. I think. 
I want to say, and maybe this is in the second movie. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I thought it got like mailed to somebody. But maybe I, I may be thinking of a different movie. Like but the yeah, the but, sanitarium mailed it. Yeah, like the the creepy <laughs> ghost guy. But yeah, it's like you lose all this footage and you walk in and get locked in there forever, and then you're like, oh hey look a tape. Right. <laughs> like. Oh, this is a high eight. I happen to have a player right here. But uh, yeah, so the the second the second movie again, Wait, I wouldn't. Real quick, before oh, I'm sorry, you're talking yeah. about the set the sequel. Never mind. Sorry. No, go ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless um, you. thank uh, you. The thing I was gonna say is, and this is not necessarily giving something away, but if you'd like to not have any kind of scares spoiled, uh, skip ahead thirty seconds. Um. Dude, you gotta warn the vegan when there's body horror involving animals. That scene with the rat is a bit much. <laughs> yeah, uh, that one. That one's pretty rough. Oh my gosh, dude! I Good watched that. Effects, though. It really was. So then it goes into this next thing. And it's like the body horror with the person. I'm like, this I can deal with, but the rat, no. <laughs> the poor little rat. Uh, the the second movie, uh, Grave Encounters Two, uh, really, I don't know. I guess you could watch it. It's not as good as the first one. Uh, the first one's far superior, but the premise of the second one is these kids watch the Grave Encounters movie, much like you and I did, and decide to go to the asylum to see if it's true and kind of relive what had happened. It's uh, a really and, smart way to do a sequel, actually. Yeah. And like in you theory, get you just have infinite sequels. Yeah, it just continually, continuously goes. And uh, you get some answers to questions that I don't know needed to be answered. Uh, like I said, I thought the ending was good and it could have just ended there. But yeah, if you're going to do a sequel, um, having it be like this fourth wall bricky thing is, is a pretty good way to do it. It's pretty cool. I, I dig that. And then like your option for the third one is like, oh, do, do they watch the movie of the other one that was found or do they watch the original? Is it just like constantly like cycling? Is, is it like the real world, you know, where you just constantly cycle in a new cast doing the same thing? Uh, I don't know. That shows my age if I use like real world instead of like Big Brother or something. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, we uh, Alex and I actually watched this uh, found footage movie. It's a, it's very similar uh, way freaking scarier. It's actually one of the scariest found footage movies I've ever watched. <clears throat> and it has one of the scariest uh, sequences I think I've ever seen in a horror movie, period. Um, but it's called Gonjiam Haunted Asylum. And it's like along the same lines where this paranormal investigation team goes into this haunted asylum uh, to make a YouTube video. Uh, to become famous and it's a Korean movie so it, the entire thing's in Korean subtitled uh, but that movie's streaming free on YouTube what uh, was it called again? Gonjiam Haunted Asylum and I can post it uh, in our discord um, the the link to the movie if you wanted to watch it, uh, it, it it's pretty pretty scary <laughs> uh, I during this one I'm not going to spoil it, but during one of the sequences, I almost had to turn away the tension. 
Oh my god. But you if know you watch what? it, you I, let me know. I like this game that we've been playing every episode where you suggest a horror film and like you're trying to turn me, you know, one of us, one of us. Um <laughs> and you're kind of getting there. Um <laughs> But I, I, yeah, definitely put it in the show notes. I will watch it if anybody else in the audience wants to watch it before the next one. And if they want to talk about it, I'll, I'll certainly continue to post my thoughts on things somewhat uh, aloofly on uh, tiny.cc slash creepy discord. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I think for horror movies, once you find the one horror movie, because a lot of them you go and you're like, this is dumb, I don't get it. But once you find the one that actually like hooks you into the genre, mm-hmm. then I think you're like golden. Nice. I was thinking like the one, like what does the Jet Li movie have to do with horror? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of movies, we actually just watched uh, a movie last night uh, with Brittany again. Uh, so Brittany was, was a champ and uh, we went and watched uh, Nope, which was Jordan Peele's latest film. Uh, we went out and watched the midnight release, or actually 10.30 p.m. release on a nice. Thursday uh, of Nope, which is this uh, UFO, UAP uh, movie. And I don't really want to say any more than that. Okay, <clears throat> good. It's one of those. Perfect. His, it, his movies are known to have uh, meanings behind the movie. And I think you get more... Uh, as you watch it um okay. but it's very good uh i would put i don't know have you seen any of jordan peele's other movies like get out or us i've seen get out i've not seen us all right uh on a scale i would get out is still probably my favorite of his movies um i would put this probably on par with us uh so like a solid seven out of ten okay nice very good so he hasn't uh, quite fu- uh, jumped the shark on him yet. I- I'm just waiting for like his uh, what's it called? the village movie. Like that was Shyamalan's. Like okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, Shyamalan has a good uh, TV show out on Apple TV. It's called Servant. It's very creepy. It's very Interesting. good. But uh, yeah, it was it was a very good movie. There was a line in the movie that made me think about you. Uh, oh. They were <laughs> they were talking about UFOs and. Um, there's this like Fry's Electronics guy who's helping them set up like security cameras and all this stuff is in the trailer so it's not really spoiling stuff Um, but he's like you can't call them UFOs anymore and he's like why he's like because they're UAPs he's like what's a UAP he's like nobody knows man (laughs) and they're like like, well well, then why call them UAPs and he's like because they're trying to confuse us (laughs) it's true (laughs) like oh my god but uh, it was funny. So Brittany, like I said, whenever she gets scared uh, watching these movies, she starts talking. And how does that work at a theater? <laughs> oh, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so we start watching this and Grave Encounters was fine because I've seen that movie so many times that it really didn't matter. But with this one, I'm like, I really want to pay attention because Jordan Peele's movies, there's like little things that you want to pay attention to. And uh, literally the first 15 seconds into the movie, Brittany's like, oh, fuck, no, this is going to be scary. I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> like, then, she just says this in the middle of the theater at, like, oh, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, all right. And then she kind of, like, cools down a little bit. And then she leans over to me and she's like, Tanner. I'm like, yes, Brittany. And she's like, wouldn't it be crazy if 
while we're watching a movie about alien invasions, we got invaded by aliens. I'm like, yeah, Brittany, that'd be pretty crazy. Now let's watch the movie. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> and then she was fine the rest of the movie. So good job, Brittany. But, uh, uh, she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. That's rad. I'm excited to watch that one too. I, I, uh, anything with aliens, like we talked about before, I'm, I'm there. I'm in. Yeah, it's a, it's a slow burn of a movie. Uh, it, it was like it's over two and a half hours long. It's a very long movie. Um, but like I said, I'd recommend it. In the age um, of Infinity War, that's just a blip on the radar. Yeah, that, that's just that's just a blip. Uh, speaking of movies, we Jana and I were actually talking about uh, potentially doing movie watch-alongs. You know, we've kind of been started doing this. Uh, I recommend a movie and Jana watches it. And I thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we got the audience involved and we all watch a movie, maybe in Discord or something. So we haven't set a date for the first one yet, but I think that'd be fun. So keep uh, keep an eye posted on Discord, tiny.cc slash creepy Discord. Yeah, for sure. And if there's anything that you think would be a good one, uh, please feel free to drop a note in the general chat of our Discord. Yeah, if you have a horror movie that you absolutely love, um, we can definitely stream in the Discord server and all have a conversation about it. There is a, a little chat feature uh, tied to tied to these channels now, so we can we can all sit down, watch a movie, and discuss. And it's better to watch horror movies with uh, with other people. What about like funny horror movies? How do we feel about those for watch-alongs? Funny horror movies? Yeah. Like uh. Like okay, there's yeah. there's a couple of them that come to mind. I'm pulling up the notes on one of them off of my um uh, Plex server because it's mm-hmm. like this really weird, rare thing. But one of the ones that also comes to mind is like Ernest Scared Stupid. Like Ernest Scared Stupid is so good. Or What We Do in the Shadows, too. That's another good one. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd actually put Nope in the kind of comedy horror. Oh, really? Yeah. It was more comedic than I thought it would be, but... Yeah, it was WNUF Halloween special. Have you heard of this? No. It came out in 2013. I believe it was a like a college film or something. Um, but it's a horror comedy with fake news and commercials that was filmed on old video cameras to make it look like it was a VHS recording off of TV from 1987. That sounds awesome amazing i found it like i just came across it one day and oh my gosh it's it's gold it is absolute gold and i would love to share it with our audience heck yeah we should uh we'll find a date and uh and post it in our discord and you know what even if it's just me and you we can sit down and we'll watch a movie together and uh then on the next episode talk about how much everyone missed out how awesome it was i love it But uh, what do you say we get into some news? Let's do it. All right. Well, in the news this week, unsurprisingly, when I am pulling up news topics, because I do love my science, James Webb Telescope is in the news. Uh, Lots of cool things are coming from that. Have you been keeping up on this, Tanner? Yes. The the images are stunning. Um, There's one thing that I was reading, like the... One of the first images that that was released of all the galaxies and everything and you can kind of see the the galaxies that are warped mm-hmm. like around 
and they're like, there's probably some super massive galaxy in the center that's causing all this light to be warped around it. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Right? So something that fits with our, our topics quite well is there's something called the Grand Design Phantom Galaxy. Um, it's also known as M74, which is a massive spiral galaxy. It has an estimated 100 billion stars in its vicinity. And we've seen pictures of this before, but because of Webb's 3D-like pictures that come through, uh, it's actually showing the spiral of the universe that is just one of the most beautiful, amazing things I've ever seen i am very much uh, a star girl a universe girl i i love um just the the feeling i get when looking at these pictures of deep space um and this is such an amazing image that's come out from this it it truly looks like something that you wouldn't see outside of a movie it looks like something out of like the marvel cinematic universe uh you can see the photo in our discord uh tiny.cc slash creepy discord but um, the images that are coming out of the James Webb telescope are absolutely incredible. And I just had to mention this one because it, it seriously doesn't even look real. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. The unprocessed, like, purple one looks crazy on its own. And then you look at the the processed one and you're, like, staring into... It's like one of those... They're trying to hypnotize you things. Right? Man. There's like an eye in the center just looking at you. Yeah, it's like you, oh, oh my gosh, now I see the eye. And now it's like the universe is looking at me like, mm, girl, you got to get your energy clear. <laughs> you better turn away. Right? I'm post that, this in that's a crazy. show images right now for people. There you go. How's that? So anyway, moving right along here. Uh, if you're around the Minnesota area, there's a mysterious uh, noise called the Longfellow Boom in South Minneapolis that's been going on for a while. And the neighborhood forums, are, uh, typically this time of year, are washing reports of unusual noises like fireworks, unfortunately some gunshots in, in areas. But something more mysterious has been pestering the residents of Minneapolis's Longfellow area for several decades now. People living near the Mississippi River in South Minneapolis have reported hearing what's become known as the Longfellow boom. Some describe it as house-shakingly loud, booming or crashing noise that seems to only happen during the night on summer months. There's been other uh, reports of mysterious booms reported uh, across the world, um, but this is one you know going on for such a long time. I'm actually surprised that I've not heard about this, uh, living as close to Minnesota as I do. Uh, it's quite amazing, though. You know, boom theories around among uh, neighbors who speculate that it could be exploding electric transformers, sewer issues, fireworks, freight trains, or even a fault line on the Mississippi River, while others joke that it's the work of extraterrestrials. Uh, this one comes to us from the Star Tribune, and it's it's one of those things, I don't know how much you've looked into um, these mystery sounds before, Tanner, but uh, they're mm -hmm. especially prevalent, um, it seems, in, in the mid-middle mid, United States. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm watching, there's a like a nest video on on that article that you posted and there's like a, a flash and then a really loud bang uh Ooh, there's a really flash odd. yeah uh the colored let me see the i guess i can just post the actual vimeo link in our discord um each uh, to it oh there you go how's this for some live radio <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that, yeah, see the flash and then there's like a bang. Interesting. That's very odd. 
It's almost like a flashbang. It's like a flash or a firework. Oh. Well, anyway, what's not on fire are five elusive mysterious whales who turned up on shores in less than five weeks. Why they're not on fire? Because they're whales. They come from the ocean. Several mysterious and rarely seen beaked whales, which are usually found in deeper waters, have been sighted near to the shore or even stranded, all in very quick succession. Normally, this sort of thing happens once in a great while. But on July 19th, off the coast of the Netherlands, three beaked whales were present very close to the beach, requiring residents to form a human barricade and ward the whales away from the shore and uh, the risk of becoming, basically, they were at the risk of becoming stranded, according to the SOS Dolphin Foundation. Uh, beaked whales are a broad group of 25 species of rare reclusive whales. They can grow up to 42 feet in length and are unique among marine mammals for selectively diving to extreme depths to hunt. They can exceed up to 9,000 feet in depth when diving, so for these to turn up that close to a shore is quite a strange thing. Hmm. I'm looking at images. It's always sad when these whales get get beached. But it's, uh... I don't know, it's sad. It is. At the same time, all I can think about is, like, when a whale explodes. Yeah, those are disgusting. <laughs> I've seen videos where they like, oh, let's get rid of this carcass, and then it blows up and, like, will literally kill somebody. Right? Because of the force. Yeah, gross. Yeah, it is gross. Well, something that's not gross is how our government is taking a, another look at UFOs like we've been talking about, or UAPs, as you will. Uh, we've been talking about this a lot on the show because it's been such a hot topic, especially in uh, North American politics. The Pentagon is renaming a UFO office and expanding its mission to include transmedium objects. After only eight months of existence, the Pentagon's office tasked with investigating and trafficking UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena. That's what the UAP stands for, folks. Uh, They're going to start looking beyond the stars for objects of interest. On Wednesday, the Pentagon announced that it renamed and expanded the authority of the government's chief UFO office, formerly known as the Airborne Object Identification and Management Group. How's that for a great title? The office will now be known as the All-Domain Anomaly uh, Resolution Office, or AARO. I like that. All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. That sounds like it should be a series coming to Fox this fall. Yeah. The All-Domain. The name comes with new increased responsibilities, the Defense Department said in a statement. While the group was mostly focused on airborne and threats in space, the renamed office will also look into unidentified objects that are submerged in water or deemed transmedium, also known as unidentified submerged objects. So, I mean, that does make sense. There's been a long history uh, connecting UFOs, UAPs, and USOs. Uh, So it is interesting to see that the Pentagon has decided after the new evidence, I would assume during the hearing in Congress, uh, said, you know, this stuff is out there, too. We should probably put it all under one roof. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Let's uh, keep exploring. Keep it up. Fund the government to uh, to find the aliens. And finally, this week in the news, uh, this is interesting after talking about uh, the movies that we were talking about. A haunted mental hospital in Illinois is reopening to the public this weekend. 
supposedly mental hospital uh, in Illinois opened in 1902 and it's going to reopen again to the public this weekend for paranormal investigators. Peoria State Hospital, originally named the Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane, will start welcoming the public back for tours this coming Saturday, uh, which uh, as you're listening to this, uh, it's going to be open. It's Saturday the 23rd. Uh, So it's going to start booking tours for paranormal investigators so that they can go in and do investigations on their own. Those bookings will be available August 6th and 20th, but otherwise going to be booking tours through this place and allow people to step into uh, probably something that I would have to think would be the inspiration for the film that we were talking about. Let's go. Right? I'm kind of all about this. <laughs> it's a heck of a lot closer for me than it is you. It's true. I mean, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump away. Just some plane tickets. All it takes. Doctors and nurses stopped treating patients in the 70s when the hospital closed, but visitors continued to return to the grounds after paranormal activity was reported. According to IllinoisHauntedHouses.com, the property could be haunted by Manuel A. Bookbinder. That's not a real name. Manuel A. Bookbinder? <laughs> like, for real. That's not a real name. Okay, it's the last book name is Bookbinder, and their first name is Manuel? Manual book by <laughs> like that's an office I supply. Really that's true. not a person. <laughs> <laughs> this is a person who was reportedly a patient at the hospital and who worked with the burial crew at the time of Bookbinder's funeral. Uh, allegedly, they said there was 400 staff and patients who saw his ghost on the website, even said they opened the coffin to confirm the body was still inside, which it was. So I think this is definitely one of those places where, you know, not only does it carry this weird energy because of what it did and, and all of these, you know, tortured people who, who were there um, and, and, you know, make no mistake, whether it's because it was a, a tool of the time where we're doing like uh, surgeries or, or electroshock therapy and all of this crap or if they were just tortured in their own mind these people were tortured um and it's awesome that we're actually starting to recognize that but when you think about that energy that was in this place and the stories that can then feed into that as well it's no wonder that you know abandoned mental asylums are a hotbed of paranormal activity yeah they uh and lots of movies turns out that are created about uh, abandoned mental asylum absolutely and some of them turns out can gain jana's interest that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's what i got for the news this week my friend that's awesome and uh with that i believe we should roll into talking about some haunted objects yes. are you ready to be spooked out oh, i am so beyond ready for this one i've been looking forward to this hey guys tanner here popping in as i edit the episode Uh, We're about to talk about the haunted and cursed objects that Jaina alluded to at the beginning of the show. The objects we discuss, specifically Robert the Doll and the Dybbuk Box, both contain lots of negative energy, and if you decide to tune out now, that's perfectly fine. We'll be here for you next time. We promise we aren't saying these things to hype up the episode in any way. However, if you do continue to listen on, we do hope you enjoy. Alright, let's get back to the show. Awesome. Well, the first object that we uh, that we have up, you you already asked about it oh, for auction. Discord <laughs> for auction. <laughs> uh, the first item you looked in uh, in our Discord server, and you're like, "What's up with this crying boy?" Yeah, like, oh, we'll get to that. So, this is actually a painting. Um, so, in the 1950s, an artist by the name of Giovanni Bragolin painted this picture uh, and called it uh, "The Crying Boy." 
It's kind of an obvious name, if you can see. It's actually one of a series of paintings. Um, the series depicted these young and teary-eyed children. Uh, the UK alone, 50,000 copies of these paintings sold, and there are over 50, or 60 paintings uh, within this series. But the one that I linked in our Discord was the most popular, The Crying Boy. Well, in the middle of the night in England, at a home in so South Yorkshire, a fire burst out and succumbed the property. The owners, Ron and May Hall, lost nearly everything in the blaze except for one item, a painting of a crying boy. His eyes wide looking out from the wreckage weren't even blackened by the smoke. However, this was not the first time a picture of the crying boy had been found among the ashes of a torched home. According to news reporting at the time, there were reports of nearly 75 homes catching on fire, and all of them had a copy of this painting in the house. Oh, okay, so it was like a commercially available painting. Yeah, so this guy like painted this thing and uh, released prints that you could buy for fairly cheap, and people were like obsessed with them and picked them up. So the time, I would okay. This is like can I ask something as long as we're segueing here, uh, or as long as yes. I'm 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 interjecting. Um, yes. This picture, like regardless of any spooky stuff, like I look at this and my heart just breaks. Like, why would somebody put this on their wall? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, supposedly it was uh, a painting of an orphan. Um, and the legend for this particular one goes that he found this this orphan in Spain. Um, and the orphan that he was painting, uh, his parents had died in a fire. And fires kind of broke out everywhere that this kid went. So that was kind of the, the origin story behind all this. So like when the kid was but alive, I, he would like go somewhere and like the, the building would burn down. Like not every time, right. obviously, but like he had a track record for such things. Right. Interesting. And uh, did he, was their theory like, did he start the fire or was it just like a happenstance? The a priest thought that the kid was cursed. Okay. Uh, they actually called the kid El Diablo <laughs> because they thought he was the devil. That's a bit on the nose. Just a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, so according to, to news reporting, like I said, 75 houses catched on caught on fire, um, and each of them had this painting. Uh, each time that a house burned down, the painting would be untouched by the flame. After the articles came out, panic ensued, and many more reports of fires eventually came in. One of them... Uh, woman by the name of Jane had hung the print in her living room and was cleaning the kitchen when she found that her drapes, blinds, and curtains suddenly caught on fire. She and her family were able to escape alive, but her home had been destroyed, everything except for the painting. As a firefighter entered the home, she heard him say, oh no, not another one. Oh my gosh. If, yeah, so the firefighters were like, now seeing a common thread behind this painting and like all these house fires. Uh, the tabloid paper, The Sun, which is not the most reputable news source uh, in the UK. Oh, but they, <laughs> they They published an article asking people to send in their paintings because they believe that there was uh, a curse. So on Halloween night, uh, a bunch of people mailed in their paintings of this boy and they threw nearly 2,500 paintings into a bonfire, 
which if the painting doesn't catch on fire, I don't know why they thought this would work, but they threw it into a bonfire and supposedly ended this curse. So, okay, so they did burn actually, then. They did okay. eventually burn, yes. Um, some research was done as to why these paintings didn't catch on fire, and it turned out that uh, I guess they came like framed and everything already, and the string that was used to hold on the wall, whenever a fire would break out, the string would burn, the painting would fall face first, and the paint, the, the varnish that was painted on the front was actually fire retardant. Um, so it protected the painting. So that part was kind of easily explained away. Uh, however, what's not easily explained away is why so many of these house fires happened. Or it may be like a, a example of you're noticing a pattern in something that house fires would have happened whether or not because you have 50,000 people have these these paintings in their house uh, and you know 75 house fires out of 50,000 well, that's what I was curious know, about a, like do people still have these paintings yeah there's actually like a cult phenomenon behind these paintings and people actually like search them out because of this uh, this curse that people believe are on this. I found an Etsy listing um, that I posted in our Discord, tiny.cc slash creepy discord, where it's it's the painting that's framed. It's like 200 bucks. And I'm like, all right, I'll take one for the team. If somebody out there wants to buy it, I'll put it in my apartment. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and collect in on that insurance money. Yeah, and then I'm just going to like <laughs> cry every time I walk by this thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you would willingly put that up. Uh, I, I don't really like the people in my building. <laughs> and like I'm the not painting. like so hardcore that I'm actually going to be an arsonist <laughs> this is not yeah. an admission of I mean, guilt if anything actually does happen here by the way listening audience the the painting doesn't really spark joy right not so much <laughs> not. Mari Kondo would not have this in her home no she'd be like no <laughs> uh, that is our first one and uh, our objects get a little bit more sinister as we as we go on are you ready for our our second haunted object let's do it all right so in show images uh in discord you can see the second one there this innocuous looking boy holding a in a in a sailor's outfit holding a a stuffed lion now this is robert the doll and are you familiar with chucky uh child's sure. play uh yeah so robert the doll is actually the inspiration for chucky okay um, so you have Annabelle, who's like in the movie Annabelle is actually is based off of Annabelle the doll, and Chucky the doll is based off of this Robert the doll. So Robert the doll was a gift to uh, this child. He was four years old, and the kid's name was Robert Eugene Odo. Uh, the year was around 1900, 1904. Um, and when he was given this doll... Uh, he's like, hey, I'm going to name this doll Robert. Uh, you're not going to call me Robert anymore. I'm called Gene. Uh, so short for his middle name. And his parents are like, all right, whatever. Uh, and Gene carried Robert everywhere. Uh, sat him down at the dinner table. Uh, he talked to Robert like a real person. Um, he fed him pieces of his food. Uh, and carried him into his room. He slept in the same bed with Robert and kind of did everything everything with Robert, which is, I guess, normal for a four-year-old kid. Sure. Um, 
Except this continued on all the way through him getting married and... Uh, and he was still Calvin and Hobbes and having his best died. life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, eventually things would take a turn. Um, this is kind of when when Gene is older. His conversations with Robert, um, his family would begin to hear a strange voice replying to Gene. At first, his family thought it was Gene making up the voice himself. However, the voice was really deep and they'd never heard Gene uh, talk in this way before. Uh, soon after, Gene would start to have horrific night w- nightmares, waking up in the middle of the night, screaming in terror. His parents would rush into the room and find furniture thrown all over the place, with Robert the doll sitting in the corner, just looking at his owner. They would blame Gene for, doing, for destroying his room, but he would turn around and blame Robert for destroying the house. The family claimed that Robert would move around the house, and while he did this, uh, they would hear giggling. Neighbors also reported that looking up at the house, they would see Robert walk around and moving throughout the house. They saw him through windows. And eventually the family had enough, and they locked Robert in the attic, and they left him up there for a few years. Guests visiting the home would often hear footsteps up in the attic, and they would also hear sinister laughing coming from up there as well. Oh, like you do. Okay. So, yeah, like you do. So you may think, why is this this child's doll uh, like possessed or what what happened to it? What caused this, this doll other than being a doll and dolls are creepy? Right, <laughs> just in general. Um, just in general, dolls are creepy. Well, like I said, I was always uh, a teddy bear Chucky... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not not a creepy sailor kid doll. Um, like I said, the movie Chucky was inspired by by this movie. So in in the child's play movies, uh, Chucky's origins were that he was created from voodoo magic, uh, which is what possessed him and turned him into like killer. Um, this is actually Robert's story, and that's where Chucky's the inspiration for Chucky came from. So the Otto family owned this plantation. And this is in Key West, Florida. Um, And they had many servants that worked on the plantation. And Mrs. Odo, the the mother matriarch, was very cruel to them. And one day, Mrs. Odo caught the servants practicing black magic, or what she thought was black magic, and fired the servants. It's a little racist. It is a little racist. Uh, At the or as an act of revenge, the remaining servants uh, gave Jean this doll, Robert, after using voodoo magic to possess the doll with an evil spirit. Oh, cool. Um, as a way to kind of curse the family. That seems like a little uh, excessive. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, your mom's mean? Here's this really <laughs> jacked up curse right? for your kid. Let's unleash evil into the world because, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to, like, belittle what their experience was. Right. It, uh, it's crazy. Um, but as Gene grew older, like I said, he remained fixated on Robert. He would continue talking to him and carrying him as well into his teenage and adult years. Um, eventually, uh, Gene got married and... Gene's parents passed away and they continued to live in, uh, him and his wife continued to live in their family home. Um, 
and Gene and his wife actually slept in separate bedrooms. However, Robert slept in uh, Gene's room, um, as he does. As he does. So he would, as he would place Robert in a chair uh, in his bedroom, so Robert could watch Gene sleep. Eventually, Gene and his wife passed away, uh, and the doll was left in the house for some years until a new family purchased the home and a 10-year-old girl found Robert in the house. Good. Similar things started happening to her. Uh, She had nightmares. She began talking to him. Weird voices started replying. Um, The family started seeing things walk back and forth past past windows. And uh, the family was having none none of it. So... They actually took Robert to a museum uh, where he was locked in the basement in a glass box, and that is where Robert is today. So that's what this picture is, then? Mm-hmm. What is uh, all the paper behind him? Box. Uh, we will get to Oh, that. sorry. So, <laughs> so when you go and visit Robert, uh, in order to take a picture of him, you must ask permission. Uh, so you say, Robert, hey, may I take a picture of you? And you stand there and wait for a second and you take a picture and then things are fine. What if he says no? If you like how does he say no? Don't I guess oh well. How do you know Robert Uh, consents? Well, you uh you get into near fatal car accidents, you may fall over, you break your back. Um so those who either do not ask permission or Robert does not agree, uh a few days later. Uh, they suffered near fatal car accidents. Like I said, there was one report of this woman, uh, two days later, she got into a car accident. Um, and leaving from that car accident, uh, a couple miles down the road, she got T-boned by another car. Um, and then two days after the second car accident, she slipped down two stairs and broke her spine. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, so she, around the glass box... she took box, a picture of this guy? So this one was a little bit different. Okay. <clears throat> so she... It, it's basically any time you insult him yeah. or you... So taking a picture is one of them, but in this instance, uh, she walked up and was trying to be respectful, and she said, Robert, you are very handsome. And somebody behind her uh, said, yeah, for a blank and the blank is a slur I'm not going to say and Robert didn't take kindly to that and actually put the blame on her and caused all these things to happen to her in a very short period of time and she actually said that Robert was like destroying her life like wholeheartedly believed that Robert had cursed her and she wasn't the one that Um, even said it that's right so 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 kids if you see something, say something. Stand up to bullies. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you brought up the uh, the notes yes. that are all around. So what those are are actually apology letters. So people who have taken pictures without his permission or have otherwise insulted him and things have happened to them in their life, like actually write the museum addressed to Robert apologizing for things that they've done and asking for his forgiveness. Oh my god. Uh, And they're totally stroking his ego too. 
Yeah, yeah. That is and wild. it like feeds all this energy into this doll. Little, uh, um, like a little kid. Dear Robert, I am so sorry. My poppy did not ask if he could take uh, his pictures of you. And P.S. Thank you for letting my mom tack beautiful pictures of you. Love, Brianna. Yeah, it's it's very odd. And this one, it it really freaks me out. And there's a an episode of um, it's called Deadly Possessions. Where actually Robert the doll and our next object are featured in the in the same episode. It was like season one, episode one. Um, and the woman that I spoke of that got in these two car accidents and uh, broke her back was telling this story. Zach Bagans is the host of this okay. uh, of this show. And uh, they had Robert the doll at the museum while she was telling this story. And uh, she's like, "Do you want to apologize to Robert?" like in person she's like yeah i want my life back (laughs) uh so they sat down and you know she had a conversation with this doll like he was a real life human being that she just i feel like that's something you'd see on daytime tv right like on maury povich or something yeah yeah right it uh i don't know this one seems really bizarre it uh it's really creeping me out yeah and he looks kind of freaky oh, 100 um, percent uh, robert if you're listening i love you but I, I don't know does it work with podcasts yeah. like does robert listen to podcasts what okay here's here's a question what if somebody goes to the museum where robert is and and hears us saying something disparaging like he looks creepy through they're listening to the paranormal peep oh, show shit. we're screwed dude oh, man now we're fucked <laughs> robert thank you for allowing us to talk about you and uh, tell your story to those who listen, and uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, and thank you, dude. You're pretty for allowing dope. us to tell your story. You're pretty dope, Robert. Keep it up. You and your little lion. It's a cute little lion. It, it is. So, so I I didn't know it was a lion until I read it was a lion though. So I have to tell you, I have not skipped ahead in the notes. Um, however, I do know that you told me we were talking about three cursed objects. Um, and I also mm-hmm. remember what one of those objects was going to be. And I have to say mm-hmm. that after Robert creeping me out the way that he did, I'm actually quite nervous to talk about this next one. Yeah. Uh, so the third one, and I said these were going to progressively get worse mm-hmm. <laughs> as we went down. You were not lying. Uh, so the next object is known as the most haunted object in the world. Um, it's called the Dybbuk box. And uh, yeah, you've been in the heard, presence of this thing. Shutter. I have twice. <sighs> um, the cojones actually, on you. Before I get into it, <laughs> yeah, tell me what you. Before I go into the story behind this thing, tell me what you know about the Dipic box. What I know about it, and uh, this is this is old knowledge. I, I it's been a long time since I've done anything with it, but I remember hearing stories about just this um, extremely cursed object that had a personality of its own, and just like being in its vicinity could cause horrible, horrible things to happen to a human being. Even just like talking about it could cause horrible things to happen to a human being. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty accurate. Um, so in our Discord and show images, I actually blurred the image on this one. Um, 
and we've been jokey about this stuff. This is one of the things that I legitimately believe in. Um, so it is blurred. It is a picture of the box that is opened, uh, taking a picture of the contents on on the inside. So uh, if you want to see what the box and what it looks like on the inside, you you can. But um, I clicked on it. View it at your own risk. Yeah, don't don't if you it. This stuff is not to be messed with, is all I'm going to say. I have actively avoided images of this thing since I first heard about it. This is my first time actually seeing it. It, uh, yeah, this one actually is really messed up. Um, <laughs> and you could hear both me and Jada's voices change. Mm-hmm, 100%. Like, yeah. Just the energy, like the energy that this conversation has changed dramatically just introducing this thing. Now, is this picture something that you took or is this something you found? No, this is one that I found. Yeah. So the the Dybbuk box is at the the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. And when I saw it the first time, it's in a glass box in the center of a room and it's all closed up. You can't open it. Um, and the box is closed and it's surrounded by sage and, um, and salt. Uh, so... Yeah, it, it's all closed up. Right. So I don't. So the sage is like inside the there with I, it, or it's outside the glass. The sage is so there's like a. <laughs> Halo nos dos. A, yeah, there's like a glass uh, cube around it, and then there's a circle of salt, and then intermixed around the salt, it's like sage, um, to like protect this thing or keep whatever's inside of it inside of it. So let's talk about first what a dibic is. Yes. I suppose we should um, actually talk about what the object yeah. is instead of the, why it scares instead of the crap being like, out of oh, us. This thing is like scary. <laughs> uh, so a dibic is actually a, a spirit in Jewish faith uh, that has unfinished business of some sort. And what a dibic does is will possess people in order to finish whatever business that it has. So this box was created <clears throat> to contain the spirit of either one or multiple Dybbuk's, um, essentially. So where this box came about, it was actually created by a Holocaust survivor named Havela, um, who escaped Nazi-occupied Poland, and she escaped into Spain. Uh, Avela's parents, brothers, sister, husband, two sons, and a daughter were all killed uh, during the Holocaust. Um, Havela lived in Spain until age 103 when she immigrated to the United States. And she only brought three items with her, one of them being this mundane wine cab. Uh, in 2001, a man by the name of Kevin Manis was visiting yard sales looking for items for a furniture restoration business when he came across this hole-in-the-wall shop in Portland, Oregon. Manis found the cabinet and paid for it, and uh, Havela's granddaughter told him, I see you bought the Dybbuk box. Not familiar with what the term was, the granddaughter explained that her grandmother always kept it shut and out of reach because there was a Dybbuk inside. She told Manis to never open it, because if he did, bad things would happen. Well, Manus didn't listen, and uh, he had plans to restore the box and give it to his mother for her birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Mom. He opened Mom. the box. Yeah, happy birthday. 
He opened the box and inside he found a few strange things. He found two wheat pennies dated 1925 and 1928, two locks of hair, a dried up rose, a four-legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite sculpture with the word Shalom inscripted. The Shema, a prayer considered to be one of the most important in Judaism, was carved into the back of the cabinet. Manus gave his mother the box on Halloween, who when she opened it, felt a cold breeze come out and she immediately had a stroke. Oh my gosh. So the stuff that's mm. in the box, that's in this picture, is the same stuff that was in the box when he opened it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stuff that is still in the box. Okay. The Manis family began experiencing mysterious events. His sister saw the doors of the cabinet opening on their own. His brother and sister-in-law complained of this cat urine and jasmine-like smell emanating from the box. And the whole family experienced the same nightmare of a woman with sunken eyes. The worst of it, though, was the brother of an employee of his furniture business committed suicide shortly after visiting the store and accidentally knocking the box off the shelf. Shortly after this, uh, the employee committed suicide also. Did they talk about like uh, I mean obviously like something happened between the time like knocking it down and 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 deciding to take their own life but was it something like did they talk about like were, were they like being haunted or did they just like all of the sudden just be like uh, you know uncharacteristically depressed and took their own life you know I think it was kind of the the depressed took my own life kind of thing um there is, I'll get into this. There is uh, an eBay listing because this is how we got rid of it. It was on eBay. Um, That's how I so first Tom found out about this thing, actually. So, eBay. yeah, I used to, my first podcast that I ever did was called the YWL Show, Your Weekly Obscure, or yeah, Your Weekly Obscurity. And there's a This Week in eBay segment, and the guy that did This Week in eBay talked about the Divic box. That's how I knew it. That's cool. It's a full circle thing. I like that. Sorry, I digress. I'm full circle. So, uh, like I said, this box was listed on eBay for sale, and I'm going to read the eBay listing here in a minute, and some of it may be like a rehash of what I just said, but it's in the words of Mr. Manis. Uh, The person who bought it, his name was Jason Haxton of Missouri. He kept the box in this military-style lockbox and buried it on his property. He began having the same nightmares of the woman with sunken in eyes. He began having choking attacks, and his eyes began bleeding a few months after purchasing the box. What? So, yeah, it's kind of kind of creepy. Um, so this is the eBay listing. Uh, It is quite lengthy, so just stop me at any time if you have questions. Uh, And this is in the words of Mr. Manis. All of the events that I'm about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with copies copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits that I am including as part of the sale of this cabinet. During September of 2001, I attended an estate sale in Portland, Oregon. The items liquidated at this sale were from the estate of a woman who had passed away at the age of 103. 
a granddaughter of the woman told me that her grandmother had been born in Poland where she grew up, married, raised a family, and lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. She was the only member of the family who survived. Her parents, brother, sister, husband, and two sons and a daughter were all killed. She survived the camp by escaping with other prisoners and somehow made it to Spain where she lived until the end of the war. I was told that she acquired the small wine cabinet listed here in Spain and was one of only three items she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. The other two items were a steamer trunk and a sewing box. I purchased the wine cabinet along with the sewing box and some other furniture from the estate sale. After the sale, I was approached by the woman's granddaughter who said, you got the Dybbuk box. She was referring to the wine cabinet. I asked her what a Dybbuk box was and she told me that when she was growing up, her grandmother always kept the wine cabinet in her sewing room. It was always shut and set in a place that was out of reach. The grandmother always called it the Dybbuk box. When the girl asked the, her grandmother what was inside, her grandmother spit three times through her fingers and said, a Dybbuk and a Kesselim. The grandmother went on to tell the girl that the wine cabinet was never, ever to be opened. The granddaughter told me that her grandmother had asked that the box be buried with her. However, as such a request was contrary to the rules of an Orthodox burial, the grandmother's request had not been honored. I asked the granddaughter what a Dybbuk and a Kesselim were, but she did not know. I asked if she would like to open it with me, and she said she did not want it to she did not want to open it, as her grandmother had been very empathetic and serious when she instructed her not to do so, and regardless of the reason, she wanted to honor her grandmother's request. I finally ended up offering to let her keep what seemed to me to be a sentimental keepsake. At that point, she was very insistent and said, no, 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 you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, you take it. Uh, I explained that I didn't want my money back and that it would make me feel better to do what I thought was an act of kindness. She then became somewhat upset. Looking back now, the way she became upset was just plain odd. She raised her voice at me and said, you bought it, you made a deal. When I tried to speak, she yelled, we don't want it. She began to cry, told me to leave, and quickly walked away. I wrote the whole episode off as stress and grief she must have been experiencing, so I took my purchase and politely left. She must have been relieved to, like, get rid of this thing. Absolutely. You know, where she's just like, no, you made a deal. <laughs> like, oh, it's yours now. Bye. What is what so, is that other word? A Kesselman? Yes, I was I was trying to search it while you were talking, and I apparently can't spell it. Uh, Kesselman. Let me look. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, da -da -da -da. K-E-S-E-L-I-M. We are just an amazing radio show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't Turkish, know. apparently. I can't find it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I. No, you're fine. I couldn't find it earlier. I'm like, I don't know what this thing is. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, uh, the, the, the translations of it don't seem to make a lot of sense. If you do know what it is, though, please let us know. Please let us know. He also spells Dybbuk wrong in his, uh, uh, in his eBay post, so that may be... Listen, dude, hard. if you're haunted by a Dybbuk, you can spell it however you want. I'll give you a pass, <laughs> okay? 
spell it however the hell you want. So at the time when I when I bought the cabinet, I owned a small furniture uh, re- refinishing business. I took the cabinet. This is to my going store back to the listing, the by the way. You didn't buy the cabinet. Oh yes. <laughs> no, no, I no, I did not buy the cabinet. Sorry, I should have clarified. <clears throat> back to back to the listing. Uh, and when I say I, I'm I'm speaking as yes. Mr. Okay. I was confused for a second, so I clarified for our listeners. <laughs> You're like, wait, like, what? Wait a minute, Tanner, it? dude. I'm. This is going to be the last time I speak with you. <laughs> but content. <Yes. laughs> hey, I'll take the painting uh, that burns down my house. You can have the divot box. I'll take the divot box. All right. Uh, where did I go? Do do do. Edit this out. All right, there. So he took the cabinet to his store and put it in uh, my basement workshop where I intended to refinish it and give it to as a gift to my mother. I didn't think anything more about it. I opened my shop for the day and went to run some errands, leaving the young woman who did sales for me in charge. After about a half hour, I got a call on my cell phone. The call was from my salesperson. She was absolutely hysterical and screaming that somebody was in my workshop breaking glass and swearing. Furthermore, The intruder had locked the iron security gates and emergency exits so she couldn't leave. As I told her to call the police, my cell phone battery immediately died. I hit speeds of 100 miles an hour trying to get back to the shop, and when I arrived, I found the gates locked. I went inside, and I found my employee on the floor in a corner of my office sobbing hysterically. I ran to the basement and went downstairs. At the bottom of the stairs, I was hit by an overpowering, unmistakable odor of cat urine. I never kept any animals in my shop. None of the lights worked either. As I investigated, I found that the reason that the, that the lights didn't work also explained the sounds of glass breaking. All of the light bulbs in the basement were shattered. All nine incandescent bulbs had exploded out of their sockets, and ten four-foot fluorescent tubes were lying shattered on the floor. I did not find an intruder, however. I should also add that there was only one entrance to the basement. It would have been impossible for anyone to leave without meeting me head on. I went back up to speak with the salesperson, but she had left. She never returned to work. She refused, refuses to discuss the incident to this day, and I never thought of relating events of that day to anything having to do with the cabinet. But then things got worse. But then things got worse. As I already indi- <laughs> yeah, and then things get worse. As I already indicated, I decided to give the cabinet to my mother as a birthday About two weeks after I made the purchase, I decided to start getting refinishing it. I was surprised to find that the cabinet has a unique little mechanism. When you open the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and a little drawer below to open at the same time. It's very well made. Inside the cabinet, I found two pennies, uh, a small lock of blonde hair, uh, a lock of black hair, a small granite statue engraved with the gilded Hebrew letters, uh, Shalom, one dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, and one very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. It's pretty cool, I actually. saved all the items. <laughs> I didn't see the octopus legs. pretty cool. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I saved all the items in the box, intending to return them to the estate. The family had refused all the items, so they will be included with the sale of this cabinet. So he like took them all over there. He's like, hey, these are in the cabinet. They're like, no, leave. He's <laughs> like, okay. After opening the cabinet, I decided not to refinish it. I cleaned it 
rubbed in some lemon oil. This time that I noticed that there was an inscription in Hebrew carved into the back. I had no idea what it says or if this is significant. I've included a picture of the inscription below. Uh, on my mother's birthday, October 28, 2001, my mother called to tell me that she was going out of town with my sister for three days, so we postponed celebrating her birthday until she returned. On October 31st, 2001, my mother came to my shop and we were going to have lunch together, but, but before we were going to leave, I gave her the wine cabinet. She seemed to like it. While examining it, I went to make a phone call. I hadn't been out of sight for more than five minutes when one of my employees came running into my office saying that something was wrong with my mother. When I came back to see what the matter was, I found my mom sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face had no expression, but there were tears streaming down her cheeks. No matter how I tried to get her to respond, she would not. She could not. It turns out she had suffered from a stroke. She was taken to the hospital by ambulance, and she ended up suffering uh, partial paralysis and losing the ability to speak and form words. She could understand things being said to her and could respond by pointing to letters on the alphabet, spell out words. She teared up when I talked to her and pointed out the words N-O-G-I-F-T, or no gift. She also spelled, it out, spelled out hate gift. Oof. I laughed and told her not to worry. I told her I, told her I was sorry she didn't like the cabinet and I would get her anything she wanted if she would get well soon. Man, if you like open this thing, I wonder what she's that is what like causes to happen. I think it's interesting that at that point, like the author wasn't really taking it seriously. She's like, okay, mom, whatever, you know, poor mom, she had a stroke. Um, not realizing yeah. that she was probably well within her faculty saying, like, no, this is what caused it, dude. Yeah, and I don't know, not putting two and two together, like things are exploding in your basement, and now your mom has a and like the common denominator. But I mean, like, that's so, okay, that's something that you or I would think. I don't think that your average right. person that's, like, not a, a not the type that would listen to this type of show, right? Probably not something that right. would be on their radar. Of course, at the same time, you know, they also heard, you know, they also had this experience where, you know, it wasn't like they just purchased it and there was no big deal. Um, you know, they've heard these stories when they purchased it. So, yeah, maybe it would be on their radar. But it's it's weird to think about how, you know, a, the skeptic viewpoint. I love thinking about the skeptic viewpoint on some of these things. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, the the post is almost done. So we're, we're almost through. But uh, I just found this like first-hand account. Oh, this is wonderful. I love this. Read through it. <clears throat> so he says, <laughs> kind of funny that this is the next sentence. Uh, I'll try to make this short. <laughs> I gave this. <laughs> I gave the cabinet to my sister. She kept it for a week and then gave it back. She complained that she couldn't get the doors to stay closed and that they kept coming open. There are no springs on the door, and I have never found the doors to come open on their own. So I gave it to my brother and his wife, who kept it for three days and then gave it back. My brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers, while his wife insisted that it put out the odor of cat urine. So I gave it to my girlfriend, who asked me to sell it for her after only two days. I sold it the same day to a nice middle-aged couple. Three days later, when I came back to the shop, I found the cabinet sitting at the front, at the front door with a note that read, This has bad dark. I had no idea what it meant but I ended up taking it home. Then things got worse. As if they're not worse. Already. Right. I love how it was just like, <laughs> then things got worse. 
right? Since the day I brought it home, I began having stra a strange recurring nightmare. Every time I've had this horrible dream, something goes like this. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of that person that I'm with. It is then that I realize that there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I'm with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. I've awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself I've been hit by the old woman during the previous night. Still, I never related to the, ni the nightmares to this cabinet, nor do I ever think that I would have. This is like denial. Right. <clears throat> About a month ago, however, my sister and brother and his wife came over to my house and spent the night. The following morning during breakfast, my sister complained that she had a horrible nightmare. She said that she had recalled having had it a couple times before and went to describe my nightmare exactly to the last detail so she had the same dream. My brother and his wife were frozen as they listed and then chimed in that they had the same exact dreams during the night as well. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck and it still is. As we talked, it became clear that the common denominator was that each of us had the nightmare during the time that the cabinet was in our respective homes. I called my girlfriend and asked if she could recall having any nightmares. She described the same nightmare, the same hag, everything. Ah. When, when I asked if she remembered the date when she had the nightmare, she said she did not. Then I asked if it happened to be the night before she gave me the cabinet uh, back to sell for her. She said, yeah, how did you know? Now then, since my family discussion, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. For a week afterward, I started seeing what I can only describe as shadow things in my periphery. In fact, numerous visit visitors in my house have claimed that they have seen shadow things. I put the cabinet in an outside storage unit and was awakened by a smoke alarm in the unit uh, that went off in the middle of the night. When I went to see what was burning, I opened the door and I didn't see any smoke. However, I did get hit with the smell of cat urine. When I went back to sleep, the smell was also in my house. It was just the cat urine. I do not own a cat. Time. Yeah, oh. just the cat urine. Interesting. I do not own a cat and I never have. I went back outside and I grabbed the cabinet. I brought it back in, inside and tried to research it on the internet. While I was surfing the net. It's a very old term. <laughs> when I was surfing the net. I fell asleep and once again had the same freaking nightmare. I woke up at 4.30 uh, when it felt and smelled like somebody was breathing on my neck to find that my house now smelled like jasmine flowers and just in time to see a huge shadow thing go loping down the hall. That's interesting. I would destroy this thing in a second, except I don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I'm afraid, and I really do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it it is that seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. I've been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of those people, please, 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 please buy this cabinet and do whatever you want or yeah, do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. And that's how that ends. That is wild to me. I, I love the mention of the smell of jasmine throughout that. Um, 
because it, I mean, so so this is coming from from Jewish culture, um, the Dybbuk and all of the stories mm-hmm. that we have here. The jasmine is interesting. I, I'm not familiar with like you know um, with a lot of Jewish folklore, um, but I do know that in Indonesian culture, uh, that if you do smell jasmine uh, at night. It means that there's, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically this female spirit uh, that can also be seen as almost like a vampire. An, an evil spirit uh, is in your presence. But but flip side to that, where it's interesting, is like in, in Indian context, um, like spiritual gurus will talk about smelling jasmine as a presence of divine energy. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that there's all of these different ways where, you know, jasmine can be interpreted and still having it like permeate throughout these cultural things. I, I, I find I find things that are like same but different um, through cultures to be very interesting yeah and it kind of ties back to like maybe there's a common theme behind like a creator or you know exactly all of these little common threads uh what i found interesting was the so the the family that he had sold it to and then returned it to the store um with a note that said evil or whatever uh so that family had the box in their basement um and the husband of that family was found dead in a chair, and he was sitting directly above the Dybbuk box. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the person who bought it off of this eBay sale was the Jason Haxton guy uh, who started having nightmares, and then Haxton eventually sold it to Zach Bagans, uh, who now keeps it in the, the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. Um, and during an episode of one of Zach's TV shows, Ghost Adventures Quarantine. Uh, he opened the box and you could hear the box or some voice say Kevin, which was the name of the original owner, Kevin Manis, uh, and Evil. Uh, they also captured a figure manifesting inside of the box. Inside the box? Uh, yeah. Uh, rapper Post Malone was also at the museum when Zach opened this and Zach was touching the box and Post Malone was touching Zach. Um, and Post Malone got these like giant scratches on his arm. And in the following months, uh, Post Malone's private jet almost crashed and had to make an emergency landing. His home was broken into and involved in a serious car accident. And it was like these very short after each other so yeah this this object is like really messy. you went and saw it twice <laughs> i did Gosh, yeah i don't understand that my friend uh, i respect you but i don't get the, you uh, <laughs> the the first time so there's also more than one box uh, oh, really i didn't know that the, the most yeah there's there's a f- few of them um they're all here the obviously the one that we're talking about is front and center in this room the first time that we went and like walk in and uh, we're standing off to the side, and I just feel this really cold air, like, swirling around. And Alex is standing next to me, and we're with a couple other people. I'm like, do you feel that? And they're like, yeah. And it's, like, really cold in this area that we're standing in. And I'm, like, looking around the room, because it's in, like, this... It, I'm going to call it a cave, but it's obviously, like, man-made. But it's, uh, like, concrete okay. black. Um, but it looks like a cave structure <clears throat> and uh there's no like air vents or anything on the walls or ceiling or in the floor to like swirl air around in this area and it's like really 
cold. I don't know. And I don't know. It's very felt very odd. So like you don't and again playing devil's advocate, but like you don't think that like they just kind of pump a little more AC into there? Like there's not a way to do that? Well, the second time I went, I did not feel that. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. They were just uh, trying to keep also the second down. <laughs> no, maybe. I, I hope. I don't know. Uh, the second time I went, they also had more like uh, between the first time I saw it and the second time was this post Malone thing and them opening the box. They actually had more barricades around it. Um, so the first time was just it was sitting in the middle of the room and you could literally walk up and get like six inches away from it uh, between you and glass. And now there's like these uh, Jewish there's like Jewish scripture written all around on these wooden walls almost that you can look through uh to see it oh so like you can't even directly look at it anymore it's almost like through a lattice maybe uh you can there's like a window almost but you can't get close to it at all interesting do you know and and i don't know but so the post malone thing is one story but do you know did like patrons report things happening if they got too close to it yeah they show videos like before you go into the room uh, it's also one of the rooms that are like, don't go in here. <laughs> like if you believe in this kind of stuff, which I do, but I still want right. to go in there. Um, but they show videos of people walking in the room and passing out. Um, one lady like fell into the cabinet <laughs> and like almost knocked it off of the Oh my thing. gosh. Uh, yeah. People, She's dead now. someone had a heart attack in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody actually uh, die yeah, from the heart like, attacks? Wild. Uh, not that I'm okay. aware of. That would be crazy. At least they didn't say. Like, that would be something yeah. I would be interested to know where, you know, a lot of times with real estate law, if you know your property's haunted, you have to disclose that when you sell the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if like Zach Baggins would be held liable if somebody went in there and died. And it's like, well, I mean, listen, technically it was the heart attack, Zach, but you kind of knew this was going to happen. You sign a waiver before you go in this museum saying if you die, it's not their fault. Really? That is amazing. I love that. It says if you get legitimately says if you get possessed, uh, if anything paranormal happens to you, if you have a heart attack, if you get scratched or injured in any sort of paranormal way, you cannot hold us liable. That's pretty cool. (laughs) And then you sign this waiver. It's legit. So I don't know. It like we joke. We're like, oh, it's just to like amp you up. But I think there may be like a well, what if, you know? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you got to think that as they were talking about opening this place, somebody asked that question, like, hey, what happens if somebody actually gets hurt? Are we going to get sued? Yeah, like, we talked about in our very first episode, like, the devil made me do it. Uh, Like, you sue, like, oh, I got possessed. Like, how does that hold up in court? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's that darn Zach Vegas. I don't know, just (laughs) Darn Zach Vegas. It's Haunted Amusement Park. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. But uh, if you're if you're in Las Vegas, I highly recommend checking out the museum. It's uh, the Dybbuk box is one of many objects in there uh, that is really. I would also be interested to know Um, if any of our listeners also saw it, if they had any strange experiences when they saw it. Yeah, there's actually also uh, a movie, um, a horror movie that's based off of the the Dybbuk box. It's called The Possession. It came out in 2012, and some weird things happened on the set of that. So, um, it's directed or produced by Sam Raimi, uh, but after they finished shooting the whole movie, 
Um, they had like all the props or whatever kind of stored uh, in like this room and they all caught on fire. What? And burned down. Yeah. There <laughs> so, was no crying boy? I don't know, man. There's no <laughs> crying boy, but uh, the power of the Dybbuk box. But yeah, the possession is is based on the, the story behind this. Isn't box. it kind of wild to come full circle here when we talk about the crying boy burning down 70 houses and that was the mild one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, yeah, this uh, this episode is gone places. Our longest episode to date, but I think it was, it was amazing. I like I said last week, like I said at the beginning of the show, I I know that you, this is a passion of yours, and especially with that Dybbuk box, I was excited. The Robert the doll, um, that's going to give me some things to think about in the middle of the night. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, one of those uh, things it, where okay, fun. so I have I have a teddy bear. Um, I've had this teddy bear since I was young, like knee high to a duck. Um, he is literally the only thing I have from my childhood. Um, so I think about like, we've talked in the past about like projecting energy onto things and giving energy into things. Um, and obviously like Robert's owner, he had like a really kind of jacked up relationship with this doll, right? Like the doll slept in his room, but mm. his wife didn't like that's mm, far be it for me to judge, but uh... right. Kind of but I think about like, what about all the energy that like I put into my teddy bear over the years? Like, right? Would that mean anything? I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about like, okay, energy is going out. But what kind of energy causes a object to become this malicious? And I think we talked about on one episode early on that with objects such as the Dybbuk box or any of these haunted or cursed objects when they become this object of fascination like energy is not created or destroyed so when people are pouring energy into researching it becoming obsessed with it and like looking into it and stuff like this like my effort and energy is going into the idea of this this thing like is it going into it and further empowering it dude you uh, just tripped me out you know, really like hard that. <laughs> I so, a little bit of inside baseball. Before the show, Tanner and I were talking about some some political things, and we're not going to talk about what that is here because it doesn't really matter. Um, but what I had said is, if I am contributing to something that is causing harm to another in any way, I have a very hard time with that because I live my life by a very strict code of do no harm, but take no shit. Mm -hmm. So does this episode put energy into these things that are causing harm to people and am I a part of that now you know I think maybe I mean in a way you... I feel like I need to do something to karmically balance to get back to zero after this episode <laughs> I, I think you do I, because when people put an obsession around something or put energy into thinking about these things or observing them or paying money to go see and talk about these things like mailing letters to a doll and stoking the ego of this inanimate object. You know, like you are physically putting energy into this thing, making it more and more like powerful. It's like <laughs> essentially like your energy has to go somewhere. Uh, this is me lighting sage. They, they go into these objects. I'm literally lighting sage <laughs> right now. Probably, <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Um, but yeah, this was a, a really fun episode. My list of, of cursed things were actually was actually longer, uh, and I pruned it down because I knew the Dybbuk box 
discussion would go on for a very long time. I would love to. I remove some. I would love for someday down the road to do a haunted objects part two, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I there are so many of them out there that I really wanted to talk about. But uh, these three are really cool. And uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos on the crying boy painting is a bit harder to find. Uh, info on um, but definitely Robert the Doll and the Dybbuk Box have a lot of information out there uh, if you want to do a little bit of research on your own but like I said be warned um, the Dybbuk Box is actually like really mm-hmm. messed up um, and the the picture that we posted uh, in in our discord tiny.cc slash creepy discord uh, I did mark it as a spoiler it is blurred out so please view it at your own risk um and i don't say that for like effect of ooh spooky no like legitimately only look at it if uh if you want to Um, yeah i definitely uh, have to do some energy cleansing after this episode dude like i'm not even joking it uh yeah i'm not i'm not saying that to to be funny or to hype up things like um only look at it if you if you really want to and Definitely not just, saying it to hype safe. up the episode as we enter the eleventh no, hour of the show. I know. <laughs> I know, right? No, not not at the end. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that that is what I have on on some haunted objects. Thank you. Uh, it, it was fun to do the research. And um, what what do you have for us? For us so next, next time around, we're gonna get a little goofy. Um, it's a topic that I saw right. a movie of many years ago, and it turned out there's actually some validity behind it, or so they say. It's kind of turned into a little bit of an urban legend, but we're gonna be talking about the Philadelphia experiment on the next episode of the Paranormal Peep Show, where it was an experiment conducted in 1943 by the United States Navy in an attempt to render invisible a destroyer, the USS Eldritch the bizarre results that followed tune into the next episode to find out what those results were it's kind of messed up it sounds awesome i can't wait and i was going to talk about <laughs> uh, the movie um and post that in the show notes so that if people want to watch it ahead of the time but i'm actually going to hold off on talking about the movie also till the next episode and then i'll put it out there if people want to watch it heck yeah so uh look forward to you talking about that uh, I don't really know a whole lot about, and I, I really love that we keep bouncing between topics that neither of us really know I, all that much about. It's fun. We, we definitely um, make some good cocktails. We, <laughs> we do. <laughs> you can find us online at uh, Twitter and Instagram at Creepy Peep Show uh, on our website at ramblingnerd.com, where we post uh, the show notes as well as articles uh, to... Uh, about these episodes sorry i'm just like all scattered still from talking about all that uh i do want to get into some writing about stuff so keep an eye on our website um you can send us an email at podcast at ramblingnerd.com if you have any haunted objects that you'd like to talk about or anything uh, that you'd like to recommend maybe a movie that you like uh that you want to recommend that we watch in the future uh, you can send it podcast at ramblingnerd.com uh, like we've mentioned a few times in the show, our Discord is tiny.cc slash creepy discord. That's all one word and all lowercase. Uh, we do post images in there as we talk about them, uh, usually ahead of time so you can get a sneak peek. Um, the images will also go up on our Twitter and Instagram. The only one that will not uh, is the Debic Box one because I can't blur those on Twitter or right. Instagram. So uh, the only way you're going to be able to see that is either Google it yourself or join our Discord. Um, you can find me on Twitter at tweeted Tanner and Jana working find me on Instagram at Jana pride 
F-A-Y, Jaina.pride. There we go. Nailed it. All right. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a whirlwind of an episode. I feel emotionally and physically drained from talking about all that stuff. And again, not, not me hyping it up. <laughs> like it, uh, it's literally emotionally. I think, I think one of those um, things where, you know, as we, as we close out this episode, I think everybody should just kind of close their eyes, take a nice deep breath. Imagine some nice white light coming into your mind and into your body. Doesn't matter where that light comes from, whatever you think, wherever it comes from, and have that white light just feed into you, revitalize you, give you some good positive energy as you head into this next week. You know what? I don't think I can say it better, so I think we will end it right there. Uh, until next time, guys, stay spooky.